Hi everyone and welcome to the Be You Mum podcast. I'm Annie, mum, wife, nutritional therapist, music lover and believer that animal print will never go out of fashion. I believe that we are at our most happiest and healthiest when all parts of ourselves are aligned and singing in harmony, the mind, body, heart and spirit. For me, like most, motherhood has been life-changing. It has opened up so many opportunities to learn more about myself and grow and become a better version of me and generally better human being. So this is what this podcast is all about. Conversations with awesome people who will inspire, inform and empower you to be more you at your brightest and best. Just like health and happiness, I believe there is no one-size-fits-all approach to motherhood. Learning to better understand, love and be yourself is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. So I hope you will join me on this podcast journey of self-discovery, self-growth and self-love because when we connect with ourselves and step into our personal power, our mummy magic can truly shine. So please keep listening and remember, always be more you. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the Be You Mum podcast with me, Annie Breen. This week my guest is Jasmine Paris. Jasmine is a record-breaking mountain and fell runner who has dominated in the UK and international sky running, fell running and ultras for the past few years. I first came across Jasmine following her incredible achievement when she won the Montaigne Spine Race earlier this year. Not only did she set a new race record running 268 miles across the Pennine Way, but what made this even more inspiring and certainly caught my attention is that she was a new mum at the time and expressed and breastfed her daughter along the way. Really cool. In this episode, I chatted to Jasmine about how she did this, how she achieved this amazing record as an athlete, but also as a new mum. We talk about her approach to training and health whilst balancing motherhood and her career, and what her motherhood journey as an ultra runner has been like. We also talk about where she gets her motivation from, having to get up so early in the morning to train, and how she's really involved her family and her daughter in her training, and that they are very much her inspiration. I'm in the early days of training for a marathon, and I can tell you the struggle is real in terms of fitting in um, the training and exercise and getting into that routine. So it was really lovely to speak to Jasmine about this and hear her approach as an athlete, but also as a mum. She also shares some tips and words of inspiration for all of us out there who would love to improve our health and fitness and maybe get into running or achieve a new fitness goal. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. It was really lovely chatting to Jasmine. She's super humble and really inspiring. So without further ado, let's get into episode seven. So... Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Hello. Hi. I was wondering if we could just start off, for those maybe out there who are 
not runners or are interesting in getting into running. Could you tell us just a little bit about you and um, your what sort of running you do and just what led you to this point would be really lovely. Yeah, so I do um, something called fell running or hill running. Um, basically, I like to run across um, hills and mountains. And I didn't start doing this till I left university, so I was an adult and in 2008. And I was working as a new graduate in a small animal practice close to home. I'm a vet. And um, a colleague suggested I go along to a local fell race. And I went along, I loved it. Um, and I guess it, it went from there, really. I joined a local club and started running with them. And then, yeah, and then I just discovered I like doing longer and longer races. Um, and so I sort of now do something, I sort of do a, a bit of ultra running as well. So this is kind of just very long distances. Um, but I, I generally like to, to do all my running off-road, so in the hills and mountains. Oh, amazing. And you're in the right place for it up here near the Pentlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really lovely, really lucky. So you came into my Facebook feed through an article following your amazing um, victory and achievement in the Montaigne Spine Race, which we'll come to um, shortly. But um, you have a little daughter. Has she one now? Is that right? Just over Yeah, one? yeah, she's, she's, yeah. she's, um, yeah, she's one and three quarters now. So yeah, big <laughs> time flies so fast. <laughs> I know, and especially this year, it just seems to have flown by. Um, but I'm so interested to find out about your sort of motherhood journey in terms of running and motherhood. So, would it be all right to ask you about your pregnancy and how that was for you in terms of your training um, and health? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, I guess I was quite lucky. Um, I didn't have any sort of any complications really with pregnancy, um, and I felt, um, I, I saw. I guess I felt quite a bit sick all the way through pregnancy, but I wasn't. I certainly by no means um, anywhere near as bad as you could be. Um, so I was able to keep running all the way through, um, right until the day she was born. Actually, um, I ran. I ran. Um, that, I think I ran eight kilometers that day. Um, I just really took it um, at my own pace. I stopped pushing myself, so I just sort of stayed within my comfort zone. But I think the advice really is to keep exercising um, if, if it's something that you're already doing. Sort of don't, don't start up something new and, 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 and dramatic, but if you're doing something, then keep up with it, and it's good for the health of you and the baby. So, um, yeah, I had um, a couple of blips along the way. So um, at one point, I, I think I pulled something in my sacroiliac joint, I think because all your ligaments and things get a bit more lax when you're pregnant um, and I was scything the garden actually of all things um, and I injured my back um, but then that sort of took about six weeks and then I was running again after that um, yeah and that was the only real thing um, I sort of I guess the bump made it a bit more a bit uncomfortable towards the end but um, and sometimes I would sometimes I would end up just walking but yeah I, I was able to carry on running till the end. I totally agree and I can imagine all the other benefits of just, you know, the stress management, the relaxation of being outdoors and doing what you love and yeah. listening and trusting your body. I think we're also different, aren't we? And providing you're attuned to what the needs of your own body, then um, absolutely. Did you have any cravings? Pardon, say that again. Did you, did you have any cravings? Um, I didn't I say I had particularly cravings, but I, I guess um, my taste totally changed. I think most people, or often people find, um, so I stopped drinking tea, I couldn't eat chocolate anymore, really sweet stuff I didn't like, 
bizarrely, I, I eat pretty, generally we eat pretty healthily. I like sort of, I just like healthy foods. But um, when I was pregnant, I just started craving, sort of craved fish and chips. So I did, it's the sort of thing, battered fish wouldn't really be my thing so much usually. But when I was pregnant, I definitely wanted it. So it must be something to do with the fat. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the one. And again, I would go there, listen to your body and give it what it needs, especially fish and chips. So, so in terms of um, your sort of postpartum or fourth trimester, what did that look like in terms of sort of resting, recovery, and then regaining your sort of um, fitness, nutrition, your, your general well-being? What did that look like for you? Yeah, so, um, so basically I... Um, sort of started jogging gently about three and a half weeks after my daughter was born but that was kind of a bit of jogging a bit of walking and then I started running in a sort of more like training sort of manner about six weeks after she was born to be honest I wouldn't have really wanted to do anything earlier because I had um, I had to have an episiotomy my daughter was born breech and um, we didn't know she was breech until she was actually coming out <laughs> so um it was so I was, and I think I were, you know, we were really lucky that everything actually was fine. I mean, she was born in the morning, we were home by tea time. So it was, it was as straightforward as it could be, given that it was, um, you know, I guess not straightforward. Um, and <laughs> there was a surprise in, in, in all of it. Um, so she was, she, she sort of came out the wrong way around. But um, as I say, I had an episiotomy, but nothing, nothing else. And then um, um, and for that reason, it took me a couple of weeks just before things, you know, it, it was a bit sore for a few weeks. Um, but then, as I say, once about sort of that four four week period, um, then I started going for, for jogs and um, yeah, went from there. Um, and by sort of, I think four and a half months, I ran my first race. It was the British Championship race. And partly because it was misty and lots of people got lost, they actually won that race. So that was a real boost to morale, you know. Um, that was in Ireland. So that was my first my first sort of race back it was it was a good feeling and daddy looked after her that day that's amazing that's really amazing and um so in, in that period also then with like sort of replenishment and nutrition you say you like to eat healthily anyway did that change at all was there anything you did differently or needed more of or, or what did that look like just think you're again I think it's you know I think I guess I'm I just sort of listened to my body um and I just probably ate more than I would usually do but then as runners you kind of do that anyway you sort of yeah adapt to how much training you're doing and, and you can tell how hungry you are mm-hmm. um I guess I drank I drank a lot more than I usually do because I don't usually drink very much I don't know if that's probably not not great but when I was breastfeeding I was definitely much more thirsty um yeah, so I, I wouldn't say there was anything specific, just I, um, I went back to eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's good for you. <laughs> um, and, and it's funny about the drinking. I remember being thirstier than I was hungry, if that makes sense. I was hungry, but I just remember the thirst and um, yeah, drinking a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. And the championships, that's incredible. Well done. Um, with... With the whole kind of juggling act that comes with motherhood, but I'd say especially kind of modern day motherhood, where you're all quite into um, demands for motherhood. What was it like in terms of your kind of expectations versus reality with getting your health and, and fitness back? Was there any big 
kind of shocked there or um, was it what you were expecting? Um, so, so it's probably, I didn't, I guess I didn't, I wasn't really sure how it would be because it's such an unknown, isn't it? It's not something that you've ever, until you've been pregnant and had a baby, you don't, you really can't appreciate what it's going to do. So I, I was prepared that I, that it, anything could happen afterwards. Um, and I wasn't really, um, I, I tried not to set myself too many sort of goals in the sense of, you know, I, I didn't have to get to any sort of fitness by any point. Um, I had aims, but I, I wouldn't have sort of beaten myself up if I hadn't, if I hadn't been able to race that first race of the British Championships, for example. I did find that um, basically once I started running again, um, I did find that I then injured my ankle. Um, again, I think it was, well, I actually sort of got tendonitis in my ankle and it was probably just because I picked things up too quickly, too soon. So I went back to wanting to train like I had before I was pregnant. Um, and just after all, you've had sort of um, an almost a year off, really. So um, I just, but that's typical. I mean, I've done that so many times before, um, completely unrelated to sort of being pregnant. I've just, you know, you just pick things up too quickly because you're enthusiastic and, you, and, you, and, and, you, and you're enjoying it. So I just got tendonitis and it took a, like a, sort of at least six weeks to sort of get over that. And I had to go to the gym a bit, which I really hate, but, you know, just some cross training. Um, but then, yeah, then it, and then it was better. So I think that was partly, um, I think those sorts of things. And again, that's just because you've lost fitness and also maybe again, um, there's a contribution um, from the fact that you're, you know, you're um, sort of, you're all a bit more relaxed <laughs> because of the hormones of breastfeeding, all the sort of very tendons, yeah. Um, but in general, yeah, I, I felt, I felt it took me, sort of, it wasn't till, um, I guess it was the autumn time and I still didn't feel I was completely back um, fitness-wise where I'd been previously. Like I'd done quite well and I actually won the British Championship from the sort of the three races that I ran in um, by, by sort of September time. But I just didn't feel I was quite there yet. And that's actually one of the reasons I signed up for that, for the spine race in the first place was because I felt that if I had something, some, a really big goal like that, it would sort of give me something to aim for and um, motivate me um, to really get back to where I'd been previously. So that was part of the part of the reason I signed up in the first place. It, it actually it made me smile because I was reading your blog and I think you said that you were struggling a little bit to get up in the mornings and you needed that extra kind of thing to help and so you went and entered that race. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah, okay, that's one way of doing it. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned that your husband looked after Rowan where you were where you were running in the British Championships. What does your um, day in the life of a runner mum or your life look like in terms of like your network of support and your training and your exercise? What does it, does it look like? I love that you described Rowan as being your teammate. I think that's lovely. Yeah. So. Um I guess so my my husband's also a runner so he understands what it's like and uh, it's really good to have someone that sort of appreciates that the sad thing is that we can't really do much running any together anymore yeah. you know, yeah. someone else looking after our daughter so we kind of reserve that for races where we where we both want to race. Um, and we ask for it too much you know for training together then um, there's a limit how much you can ask people to do that. Um, I'm, we're very lucky because my parents um, um, do quite a lot of childcare. My mum, they have a cottage um, nearby and uh, look after our daughter Rowan three days a week. And then Conrad's parents who live in Germany come over for, for example, when we were over 
um, recently running the Petit Trot à Lyon, which was a week-long race in the Alps. Um, oh. They came over and looked after our, our daughter for that week. So family are really supportive and very lucky. And also friends. <laughs> we actually, after about two months after our daughter was born, we had major work done on our house and we moved out moved in with a friend and we were supposed to be there for three weeks and we actually stayed for almost five months so <laughs> we moved in with a newborn baby for five months and um, you know and so we have fantastic friends and and, and the support network and um, so that really helps and um, just generally a sort of a day-to-day lives is that I sort of do my training early in the morning in general and my husband trains in the evenings um, and that's the way we kind of try to both get it in. At weekends, we sometimes do the park run and we take it in turns to one of us runs with a buggy and one of us races. Um, and then we do quite a lot of hiking in the hills, you know, because um, that's really good training anyway, but it's just because we both enjoy being in the hills and that's something we can do as a family and carrying our daughter on, on, on our backs. Although she is getting heavier and heavier and it's going to be a time period that we're going to still be able to carry her. Yeah, that's kind of what our general um, lives look like. Yeah, that's amazing. And I guess, yeah, your strength training is being put in there as well, because as you get heavier, you get stronger. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. It's, sort of, it's additive training. It's perfect and sort of build you up. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. I, was, I forgot to mention, when I was on maternity leave, my husband, um, we had a pattern worked out where I got up and I would run every day at 6 a.m. And he'd um, have a, you know, for those two or three hours before he went to work. And um, that basically meant that I could just get out every day before starting the day of being a mum at home, and which I really loved, but it was just so good for me to have a bit of time to myself, firstly, and, and also to feel like I'd achieved something. I know that you, you know, being a mum is definitely achieving something, but sometimes it's hard to appreciate that if, you, you know, if you're not really, um, you know, you feel like all you've done is all day is feed a baby and, and, and change nappies or, or whatever. But um, it really helped me to get out in the hills every day and to do my training early in the morning. Just set me up for the day. So it didn't really matter what happened after that. I always felt like I'd already achieved something. Yeah, and I think it's so important. I think it's good for your mindset and well-being because then you're able to be that more present, calmer mum. You know, it just has a benefit. But also retaining your identity, your yeah, exactly. child as well, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think you know because you're sorry, sorry to interrupt. I think that you're you're also. I hope that I'm a role model. You know, I've been told recently that I'm you know a role model for for other people, for young people, and so on. But and I, I hope that I'm a role model to my daughter. You know that she can have her own hobbies and. I think it's I think it's good if, if parents retain something that's um that's they're passionate about and you know something that's that's there that they do for fun as well. So a hundred percent, and I think it's role modelling independence, it's role modelling your drive and ambition, but also just this great appreciation for the outdoors. You know, there's so many children today, unfortunately, for whatever reason, are not embracing the outdoors as much as what they could be. So I think it's amazing. Um, yeah. and, and so you probably answered it a little bit, but um, in terms of like your training, how do you feel that motherhood has impacted your athletic performance with your mindset and then maybe vice versa? Like I'm hearing about so many incredible women that go on to do these amazing kind of challenges and things of becoming a mum and you being one of them and I saw that and it totally inspired me to reach out to you. But 
has um, well, the answer is fine, right? But how do you think motherhood has influenced your nasty or ambition, your mindset? So is that just related to training or racing in general and everything? I guess yeah, everything else. Just everything, really. Um, yeah. How, how do you think it's impacted you? Yeah, everything. So I guess um, from a training point of view, um, it, it's interesting because there's, there's two sides to it. One is that, um, you know, all the time that you have now that I'm not at work, is it's a it's a sort of balance between wanting to spend it with my daughter and my family and um, wanting to do some running. So I think um, basically running is never going to be as, quite as important as it once was because I just for me anyway, being a mum completely changed my perspective on 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 life. You know, suddenly she became the most important thing. If you see what I mean. Mm. Um, so that has so inevitably running my sort of feelings about running had to change at the same time as I've mentioned before I do feel like it, running has taken on a new in a way a, a new there's a new side to running which is that it's now my only me time and my only time to have the headspace and get into the mountains and the hills and sort of just do something where I can remember what it's like to just you know, to just be me and, and not, not necessarily be a mum. So I think, you know, that running's taken on a new, 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 there's a new side to running now. I think that because, because of the sort of competition in my head between the time, my free time being spent with my daughter and spent running in the hills, I um, probably, I, I aim to make my running a bit more um, focused and sort of um, get, sort of do a bit more quality training rather than quantity, maybe quality. Mm. It's, it's really, it is really fun being fit, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily about winning races and so on, but it's fun to feel fit and, and, and um, be running well, but to do that you need to obviously train, and now I've got less time, so I try to train in a more focused and more productive way, I guess, and that's why I actually had asked a friend, before the spine, I actually asked a friend to coach me. Just because I felt that um, I wasn't, when I go running, I tend to, I always tended to just go for a fun run in the hills and I didn't really push myself so much. So when I had a coach, then um, that was sort of alternative days, basically, I would do a harder session where I would be pushing myself more. And I think overall that leads to greater benefits and greater improvements. So I guess my running changed in the sense that hopefully it became probably less volume, but um, hopefully slightly better quality. And racing wise, <laughs> it's a funny one because I, I I sort of feel basically that once you have a child, you um, it it as I said before, it's ne it's never quite as important as it once was. So mm. maybe relax a bit more about it um, and just enjoy. It. And the, t the days that don't work out don't matter as much anymore. But the days that do work out are just as good as they they were before. You see, um, so th there's that to it. Probably I was asked I was asked whether maybe it affects your ability to take risks because I do quite a lot of sky running, which is sort of mountain running, but maybe a bit more extreme. So you might run along ridges, things like um, the Anakiga up at Glencoe. Mm. Um, so you could argue that you might want to take, you might want, you might suddenly become more careful about that sort of thing and be less, um, less willing to take risks, I guess. Mm. But from my viewpoint, I never took risks where, that I felt were, I never put myself in a position before that I felt that I was at risk of dying anyway. It's not, you know, it's, it's not as if, I wanted to die before I had a child either so mm. I don't think it I don't think it's really changed that to be honest yeah yeah 
Absolutely, Anne. I just think that's um, that's really inspiring, and I love how you say it's, it's fun to be fit. It's fun to really feel what your body can do and feel good and feel confident in your own skin, like a hundred percent. And I'm interested to know. Well, two questions: um, the focused way of training, because I do think that mothers become more creative and more appreciative of their time and and once they have children and obviously we have to use it maybe more wisely and i'm interested in what focus training looks like for you i know you mentioned a coach and then also what about when you have bad nights or rowan doesn't have a great night how does that affect you are you just a bit more flexible with your training regime or what does that look like yeah, so um, I guess to start with the first question, there are two things really. I guess when I was, um, in terms of being coach and sort of more focused training, I guess I would say that things like, you know, maybe doing some speed work, so some faster sessions um, or doing um, hill reps, for example, where you're just pushing, you know, if you can actually get a lot of exercise, a lot of training in quite a short period of time if you're running fast, um, fast hill fast rep repetitions uphill for example but um but in terms of you know there were other other ways I was sort of um inventive as well so when I was on maternity leave and I wanted to I tried to train twice a day sometimes and the way that I did that was that I when obviously in the morning my husband was looking after Rowan but in it during the day I didn't you know I, there wasn't anyone so for example I would this was before she was old enough to run with the buggy I would mm. go for example and park the buggy in the middle of a small field where I could see her all the time and I would rate I would do laps around the perimeter just sort of fast laps so I'd do speed work but watching her in the middle yeah so two two of them came up to me once and they were very shocked that I'd done that um, and you know they didn't seem to be able to comprehend why you would do that and leave your baby in the middle and I explained you know I can see her at all times but yeah they were so um so they, reactions because people don't really understand what you're doing I think and then sometimes I would park the pram in the middle of a we have a short hill right next to the house and I would just park it halfway up where again I could see the pram at all times and I would just do these short repetitions like hill reps up and down the hill and so that was kind of ways that I trained while I had the pram and I couldn't yet run with the pram and now that I can run with the pram I do that although she's getting less keen on staying in the pram you know <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> then, you, <laughs> yes, then you end up running along, you know, singing. I've done park runs where I've run along sort of dying for breath and at the same time you're trying to sing wheels on the bus you know, <laughs> keep the baby entertained. Or, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll get to the point, Bonnie's free, where she wants to run too. <laughs> That's a whole new um, speed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And then the sleepless nights, have you had to, um, how have you dealt with that? Yeah, so I guess that was another reason I signed up for the spine in the first place, was that I was really struggling in sort of autumn time, because by then I was back to work, and um, I was struggling to get up and train in the morning, especially as the nights drew in, so it's always harder getting up early in the morning if it's dark, and, yeah. and if you've spent half the night awake with a, because our daughter didn't sleep that well, now she sleeps okay, so she tends to sleep through to, till these sort of early hours of the morning now but there was a time when you know she would still wake up every two or three hours um even when she was sort of 13 months old so um yeah so it, it was difficult in in autumn time but um it helped that I sort of had this motivation of this spine to train the spine to train for 
I just try to tell myself, I guess, that once I'm out, it's always better. It's just that initial thing of getting out of the house. Mm. <laughs> so so I, I, don't, I don't really know. I think, I think it was just mainly having that motivation and having a coach because then I was answerable to somebody and that makes an, a, a massive difference as well in how likely you are to, to sort of get up and train. Because you see, for me, the point was that I couldn't, I guess some people might then prefer to train later on in the day if they, um, if they find that easier because they're already awake. Or maybe at lunch times, for example, just with my work, it, that wasn't really, wasn't really very doable. And mm. then we have it worked out with our family life. It just, you know, it, it worked always worked better for me to train in the early mornings. So that's why I did it. I started. I never used to eat before I went training in the mornings. But when I was breastfeeding, I um, I did, and um, I gen generally tended to eat a bit of toast with jam or something because that A, it woke me up a bit <laughs> and B, it was almost motivation to get out of bed because I love eating. So um, <laughs> at least I thought that before I went for my run, I could eat toast and jam or whatever and, and have a cup of tea. That definitely made me more likely to get out of bed, you know, not knowing that I don't have to go immediately in the next 10 minutes. And that was helpful for me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I can imagine that once you're out of bed and once you're out the door, that's half the battle, I can imagine. I think getting out the house is probably one of the biggest challenges mums face, or, or, or me anyway. Um, so let's talk about the spine race, because that was an incredible achievement and victory. And, and also the fact that you breastfed or you expressed during the race. Do you mind just telling us what it is? and how it came about. I know you mentioned how it came about and how you ended up entering it, but what is the Montaigne Spine Race and tell me about your experience of it. Yeah, so it's, the Montaigne Spine Race is a 268-mile race along the Pennine Way. So it starts in Edel in the south and it finishes Kirkby at home in the north. And it basically runs through all the, you know, it runs the spine of the kind of the Pennine. So um, you run through the Peak District and then the Yorkshire Dales and then you're into the Cheviots at the end. Um, so in places it's quite wild and, you know, you, you, you cross quite a lot of big hills, I guess. Um, and in other places you're running through some farmland, which gets very boggy and the path is indistinct mm -hmm. and so on. Basically, this race is, um, it's a non-stop race. You start on Sunday morning and you run as fast as you can till the end but obviously at some point you have to sleep because um you know you can't you can't probably run 268 miles without any sleep so that's a sort of logistical challenge of deciding when to sleep there are five checkpoints where you can you know they're, they're sort of in um, buildings with beds and, and and mattresses and so on where you can sleep but you have to be carrying everything with you in in, in in the event that you needed to sleep somewhere outside so you have like a baby bag or a tent and a sleeping bag you have a stove um, you obviously have all the clothes and waterproofs and all the food. So you, pretty, you know, you're, you, you're supposed to be sufficient and able to look after yourself, whatever happens during that time. And you have to navigate. So that's kind of the, the race in a summary. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's um, it's just uh, incredible. I can't kind of fathom it, really. But, um, and then in terms of breastfeeding, how is that? How is it being sort of away from... Uh, Rowan and then breastfeeding her did you feed her or did you express and um, yeah just just tell us a little bit about that so my plan originally had been to have Rowan to wean Rowan when she was about 12 months old but then you know I, I really enjoyed breastfeeding and um, and it just she was a bit poorly over Christmas so 
um, she went back to the sort of, you know, pretty intensely breastfeeding and it just wasn't going to happen and I didn't want to force it. So I had a big supply of milk um, in the freezer ready for her um, before I went away. I built that up. And then when I was racing, I just expressed the milk to keep myself um, obviously comfortable and to avoid mastitis. And also because then I would, you know, my milk supply hopefully wouldn't disappear by the time I'd finished the race. Um, it worked really well, to be honest. Um, my milk production dropped during the race. Um, so by the last few checkpoints, I was hardly having to express anything at all. And then when I, we got to the end and, and I was eating normally and resting and my daughter was feeding again, then it went right back up again because your body's absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah. She, you know, at that point, she, she's eat, she was eating everything anyway. She sort of, I think, liked the breast milk more for the comfort point of view than mm. actually a need for it so um, I wasn't I wasn't particularly worried about that aspect of it so mm-hmm. yeah that's how it went really <laughs> I think it's amazing and I think you know we don't realize how difficult sometimes breastfeeding can be like it, it can be challenging it doesn't just always um you know fall into place but to see you going out there and running and expressing I just think this is really for others to yeah. feel that they can, they can do this, you know, I think. I really, I really hope so, yeah, because, you know, I, I feel like really passionately about how amazing breastfeeding is, but I understand that some people have it, find it really, really tough, and mm-hmm. I actually found it tough the first week, much more, much harder than I expected it to be, because I think it's one of those things that you expect to be the most natural thing in the world, yeah. um, and yet when it, that first week, I found it really painful, and um you know, your breasts get really rock hard and, and, and it, does, it doesn't feel natural. It feels quite difficult at the start. Mm. I know for some women that lasts for many months or even they're not able to do it at all. So I do feel very pri- privileged that I was able to. But then once it's working, if it works, it's so amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy because <laughs> with our lifestyle, where we're always hiking around in the hills and traveling and, and you know, no time at all. It's just so so easy yeah your your body has it absolutely worked out and it's really you know it's on tap and mm-hmm. it's just it's just the most, most straightforward thing once it once it's working and actually I I never had um I you know I did lots of racing even before the spine did quite a lot of racing and we always managed to make it work out with the breastfeeding you just have to I found in the early days when she was when she was quite young still and only having milk um, then it was just a case of kind of timing runs sometimes you know you had to time your run so that baby had been fed so that the person looking after left behind wasn't left with a screaming child, for example, um, or have a, you know, a bottle of milk express ready to go, for example, so that they um, had something to offer when the time came. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a, you're, you're an amazing example of being able to do that. And um, yeah, 100% and the body is incredible. And I think we just need to
anything around nutrition or any practices that you feel you need to do daily to keep yourself um, healthy and well? I guess, no, for me, the hills, I think, do that really. Like, I think, you know, some people have mindfulness and I think that, that for me, it's kind of, you know, the, the hills always sort of reset my perspective on how all the things I'm worrying about get much much less important when I go into the hills and and sort of and they just they just help me to reset that that perspective um, and I've actually found that all the way through my um adult life really with with sort of my career I have a fairly stressful job I, I think it's stressful sometimes anyway um mm. working in the small animal hospital with kind of really sick um patients mm. um, but I, I do find that it always helps me to sort of um sort of um to just bring myself back to back to me and um, when I when I go into the hills I also do quite a lot of open water swimming so I that's that's the same you know just swimming outdoors in cold water there's something about it that sort of it just gives you a a buzz and a and a feeling of being alive and again um just sort of resets all those washes away all those worries maybe <laughs> yeah so those exactly. things, training's always easier with friends so if you if you can find somebody else that wants to do it with you and um, then sort of plan to train together then that actually really helps but especially if you then set a time that you're going to do it or a day um, a, day, a day in a time and um, it, it's much harder to get out of that if you've already arranged with someone and so <laughs> that would be one thing suggestion the other thing would be just really believing yourself until you try something you don't realize actually how much you can achieve and how much you can do and I think that's what just happened that was sort of exemplified by the spine I just went and sort of tested how far you know I just tried um, and it worked out really well but I don't I don't particularly feel like I'm any sort of wonder woman or even an incredible athlete or anything I just think I'm good at trying hard so yeah those two things really I think you're Oh, thank you so much. And I'm really grateful. I know how busy you are. I'm really grateful for your time. And that has been really inspiring. I'm actually going to go out and get up now and run up a hill. <laughs> and I mean that. So thank you, Jasmine. And um, yeah, take care. And thank you so much for your time. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you would like to find out more about Jasmine, she has a blog, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please let me know. And if you're feeling super inspired, please leave me a review. It really does mean a lot. I have a community for mums on Facebook. It's called the BU Mum Community. 
This is a closed group where you can come and connect with other mums and find inspiration, information and get empowered to reconnect with you so you can grow into your best self. It's all about growth. So please do come along and join the community to continue the conversation, spread the love and share your magic. I will be back next week with another episode. Have a great week.